Stand by. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Labricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is Book Wednesday. When you tell your friends about Book Wednesday, and I know you goddamn are, you're really going to want to hit those leaves, both in Books and Bo Wednesday. Something I like to say at the top of every show, I do believe fairly important on a Book Wednesday, is that there will be spoilers gear on friggin' teed. Gonna spoil the bejesus out of this thing, because it is difficult not to do so, and as I like to say all the little kitties out there listening, if work is hard, don't do it. Don't do hard work. Underline. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, meaning this podcast, not the sort of ambient sounds within the room at any given moment, the only payment I ask is one million dollars. <laughs> no. No. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, because that is what helps podcasts. It helps them. This is a podcast, and that is me asking for help in a hopefully humorous enough way for you to actually do it manner, is what that was. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, business, which is today's sponsor, which is Demon Lord Virgin Soul Strainer. Once again, today's sponsor is the Demon Lord Virgin Soul Strainer. Thank you to them. Are you a Demon Lord? Are you tired of getting average, everyday souls mixed in with your virgin souls? Well, no longer. Use the Demon Lord Virgin Soul Strainer and get nothing but those virgin soul goodnesses. Goodnesses. Graciouses. Great balls of virgin souls. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, folks, so uh, this is a pre-recording of an opening, is what it is. Uh, I've done something a little different this week as well, in that on my drive to work, which is what this is, recorded two show openings at once. So, I've never done that before, so I mentioned it. New and exciting. For no reason, really, it is new, but I don't think it's exciting, but I mentioned it, and God, I should just stop talking, which is what I'm going to do. However, when I come back after this brief transition, what I will talk about is a book from David Gemmel. Surprise, surprise. Probably not too much of a surprise for several reasons. One, if you read the episode description, it tells you what book I'm going to talk about. And B, uh, if you've been following along with my book Wednesdays, you know I'm chugging along through a series of books by David Gemmel. So uh, it kind of makes sense that... If you listen to the last one, this one follows suit. Follows suit. It is titled Winter Warriors. Just on that sort of note of this series called the Drenay series, or Drenay Saga, if you prefer. I prefer Saga, just for the reason that it is a pretty good saga. Uh, What I've seen to do, because this book sort of jumps around in time an incredible amount, and that 
the stories in each books can, for the most part, sort of stand alone. I've uh, read four books in the series, and then read one or two books not in the series, and then read four books, which I just finished, this being the fourth, and then now I'm going to read maybe a couple of books not in the series, and then hop back for the remainder four, because it's freaking 12 books. Or was it 11? 11 or 12. Anyways, it's a lot of books. And because David Gemmel makes it easy to jump back in and out of this series, it's not one big long story, uh, that is what I've decided to do. And uh, maybe just give a tease for next book Wednesday. I think it'll be an interesting one. Uh, I just started yesterday The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins, which is interesting for the book itself, but also because I very, very infrequently hop into nonfiction. When I do, it usually takes the form of a biography or autobiography. So uh, this is one of those books that I always thought I should read, and so far it's very, very interesting. So there's a tease for next book Wednesday, whenever that might be, in February sometime. I can tell you that much. I can tell you that much. All right, folks, Winter Warriors, David Gemmel, coming up after this transition now. Transition. Winter Warriors. I'll tell you the true Winter Warriors. There are those brave men and women of Hydro One here in Ontario who got us back up and running after the horrific scenario of the ice storm. Ooh. The 20... 13 Ice Storm will go down in infamy because it is famous infamy less. Yes. Okay, so uh, that has nothing to do with David Gemmel's novel, Winter Warriors, which is, I do believe, book 8 ish within the Drenay saga. 8 ish. I throw the ish on for the reason that. The order of these books is debatable. There, there can be debate of the order in which these are read. I just read them in the order that they uh, popped up. But kind of, sort of, basically, whatever. The story involves a prophecy. Oh, baby. Fantasy novel plus prophecy equals not too strange. Yeah, the sort of almost normal to have a prophecy. It is a staple, if you will, of the fantasy genre. Genre. The prophecy in question involves three kings. So a, uh, a line of kings. Grandfather, father, and yet-to-be-born baby. Baby king. It is prophesized that uh, when these three kings die, and not just die, but die in a ritualistic fashion... It will plunge the world into chaos. That is not good. A chaotic world is not good. That is another sort of theme of fantasy novels, that chaos is bad. However, the world we live in is full of chaos. So, does that mean we're living in a hell-type world? Sometimes. Sometimes it does. Yeah, just have to watch the news, which is why I don't watch the news, to see... That, yes, this world can be hellish. Uh, the chaos in this particular case come in the form of demons. Ooh, actual factual demons. Which David Gemmel sort of treats as a race of beings who once walked the earth, but were uh, transferred, transported, 
whatever you want to call it, to another realm. Another realm where they were incorporeal, but still had thought. Did not have feeling, but were still conscious. Ooh, that doesn't sound too nice. Or maybe it does. Floating around the cosmos? You know, that's that sounds interesting in some regards. The novel starts where one of the kings is already dead, if I do recall. The eldest? Mm, I don't actually remember, but that, that doesn't matter. We reach a point fairly quickly in the novel where two kings are already dead. The eldest and the father of the baby. The baby king. This is not good at all. At all! For the reason that even with these two kings dead and the prophecy not 100% come to fruition, it means that the, the uh, I guess, doorway between our world and this netherworld where all the demons are chilling has become weak. So they can come through, but not fully corporeally. However, their sort of essence can come through and they can possess others. Ooh. But only at nighttime. Only at nighttime. They don't like sun. Uh, they don't like sun. They don't like water. Like, water is like acid to them. Sun, painful, but it seems to be less painful than the whole water thing. So, my thought there is get some squirt guns, guys. You know, game over. Super Soaker? Have you guys seen a Super Soaker? Take care of those demons, it tells you. The princess who has this Bibba King within her belly is captured by the evil wizard who is behind all of these happening. All of these happenings. Now, we learned fairly early on, and I did give spoiler warnings, so I'm going to start spoiling things, that the evil wizard is not actually an evil wizard. He is rather a former, very, very kind and nice wizard, who developed a cancer that was going to kill him, so he sort of scoured the globe for ways in which to save himself, and unfortunately turned to sort of the dark arts, which unleashed this demon into his body that has been possessing him for years and years, possessing him for so long that his body is basically falling apart and rotting. However, uh, this demon, I think Lord? Demon Lord? Yeah. Demon Lord possessing his body is so strong that he has magic that can make those around him think that he's looking A-OK, -okay, number one. Anyways, so this guy has the princess for the reason that the baby's not born yet, and I guess he can't just kill it pre-birth, do a little uh, ritualistic abortion is not allowed in this prophecy, apparently. So, he's keeping her around. Luckily, through a series of heroic events, the princess's uh, handmaiden slash priestess manages to bus in to his castle and secret her out of there. Good on them. Uh, at the same time, take three children that were there, because apparently this guy had been, and again, I think it's, we're looking at years here, has been uh, taking kids off the streets. Everyone believed taking them off the streets to, you know, have the kids off the streets, give them food, give them education, uh, basically running an orphanage. However, it turns out, uh, has been using these kids in ritualistic sacrifices this whole time. These are sort of the last three kids, and they're like, all right, well, we're here to rescue the princess. Let's just leave these kids here. No, that's not going to happen. They take the kids with them. They manage to make it out of the city, probably with the help of the kids a little bit, when you think about it, because these uh, these bad guys are going to be looking for a pregnant princess and uh, a priestess escaping, not 
not with a bunch of kids in tow, so it's a, it's a nice disguise. Sure, sure. They uh, make it out to the woods. Oh, they also have a, the help of a man by the name of Dagorian. Yeah, I think it's Dagorian. Who's like a, uh, he's a young officer within the, the king's army. And I think has a little thing for the princess. Yeah. Uh, another reason that escape has to happen is that the city in which these events are taking place at nighttime goes friggin' crazy. Uh, you know, the London riots? Like that, but much, much worse for the reason that these possessed people are killing one another and burning shit to the ground for the reason that, well, they're possessed. So the next day comes around, or day comes around, and they can remember what they had done, but don't know why they did all these evil things. So very, very cool idea. So now the princess is uh, out of the city safely and traveling... Um, they don't know exactly where yet, just out of the area, and then eventually their plan is to head to this port, head to this port that will take them to another kingdom where she can get her shit together, I guess, is the, the tentative plan. However, they are quickly accosted by people, members of the king's army, and said, hey, where are you going? Come, come back here, you. This is not good for the reason that... The being demon lord, yeah, it was a demon lord. Demon lord that was possessing the evil sorcerer has sort of, at this point, jumped ship into the now king. So he killed the king, in essence, but then inhabited his body. So now he's got not only all these friggin' demony shit at his disposal, but everything that a king of a giant empire has at has at hand is now his to use as he sees fit, including an army to send after the princess. So this princess is in a bit of a pickle. She's got uh, demons after her. She's got an entire army searching for her. And uh, it ain't good. It ain't good. But luckily, three gentlemen, three elderly gentlemen, come across them and decide that it will be their mission. Their quest, ah, ah, love a good quest. Every time the word, hell, every time the word quest comes up on this podcast, I say, I love a good quest. Because I do. Traveling from point A to point B in a fantasy realm, uh, the possibilities are endless. Endless. Well, there's probably some ends. But still, yeah, but still, these three elderly I keep using, I keep saying elderly, just because they're, they're not young bucks. They were former members of this kingdom's army, uh, members which were sort of of a regiment called the White Wolves. The White Wolves, who have just recently been disbanded and all sort of sent pack and sent home. Because, well, they're, they're getting up there in age, right? So they got to, uh, they call it quits, I guess. Despite the fact that a lot of them are pissed off, they kind of shrug their shoulders and say, well, time for our warlike lives to be over. Let's head elsewhere and stuff. So they intervene in this first encounter with the princess and save her. Yay, saved princess. Uh, folks, I am stopping right now which means a brief hiatus from me talking. I will edit out the section in which I get myself some breakfast, get myself a little coffee, say perhaps 
hello to the lovely and talented Jordan, hopefully, who works at the coffee shop that I frequent. And uh, be back in a moment. I will edit, edit, edit this out, of course, starting now. Editing. 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 On the road again. That was the brief on the road again remix. Thank you for that. A voice box. The three individuals who saved the princess and headed on this quest to take her to safety come in the form of Nogusta. Which, isn't that um, Spanish, Mexican, no gusta, or something? Anyways, he is a black gentleman. He's from sort of a faraway land. A little of that uh, mystic quality about him. Uh, good with a sword. Probably, definitely at one time, best in the kingdom with a sword. Uh, has since, perhaps, with age, degraded a slight amount. But still, do not mess with this dude. His uh, entire family was killed, which uh, sort of sent him on this road. He has the ability to sometimes see into the future a little bit, a little bit, and has a mystical amulet that warns him of danger that has been passed down from generations of his family. We learn, and this is giving things away, that it was in fact the demons that killed his family in the past for the reason that he is a member of a very elite family that was sort of birthed forth from um, a demon. Yeah, a good demon, though, which is kind of uh, an interesting thing of the demons within this book, within this universe. And that is, there was two warring factions within the demons. Let's call them good and evil. The good are the ones who banished the evil from... The Earth, or the Earth. Uh, I say Earth, but it is whatever planet this actually is. Maybe it's Earth, maybe it's not, you never know. Anyways, in so doing, they also banished all the good demons. It was just sort of demons, period, full stop, were banished from the Earth. And this Nogusta <laughs> is of the line of them. So kind of an interesting little twist that develops along the way. We also have Bison. Uh, I want to put an M in front of that and call him M. Bison. But no, just Bison. He's like a friggin' giant dude, uh, probably the oldest of these folk. He's actually in his 60s, still super, super strong, has a very close feel to Dress the Legend in a lot of regards. Dress the Legend, who appears in many of these books, so if you've read them, you know what I'm talking about. If you've listened to these podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. If this is your first podcast listening to me talk about books within this series, go back. Go back! And um, listen to other ones. Why don't you? Uh, yeah, old, strong, and a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's, he's got that... I think David Gemmell really likes characters such as this that are kind of dicks. Just prickish to people, not very nice, looking out for number one, seemingly. And that's, that's always sort of the underlying thing of characters such as this. They're seemingly like that on the outside. But when you dig down deep, or DDD, as we say here, uh, you will see that they're not all bad and they're kind of uh, heroic. In fact, this dude ends up saving those kitties previously mentioned that escaped from the city by uh, sacrificing himself. So, good on him. Last of these three gentlemen is a man by the name of Kebra. He is an archer, good with a bow. 
again, used to be best in the land with a bow, but his eyesight's not as good. Uh, perhaps his reaction times has slowed a little over the years. Uh, his character seemed sort of a little tacked on, a little one-dimensional, until they sort of dropped a friggin' crazy bomb, as far as his character goes, and that was uh, the reason he didn't like to be touched, and I should perhaps have mentioned that, that uh, he didn't like to be touched, he didn't like human contact, and the reason was, he was apparently, like, abused, uh, raped as a child by his father, so that's pretty crazy to throw in a fantasy novel, the, the abusing of a young child, so, fucked up, and uh, it, was a, it was a shocking, it was a shocking moment, just because I'm not expecting that whatsoever, so it kind of takes you by surprise. His character also sort of develops a relationship with one of these young kids. When I say relationship, just after talking about raping, that's not what I mean. I mean, um, one of these kids is uh, sort of ends up being good with a horse, good with the sword, and, and kind of plucky, I guess you could call him. And they sort of end up talking and chatting, and by the end of the book, they're they're almost father and son. They're almost um, have made the decision that they're going to go off to Nogusta's farm that he used to live in with his now dead family and raise horses together because they have a love of horses. So, oh, it was it was pretty sweet. Okay, so uh, quest, yes. So the reason they kind of know of this quest is the fact that the evil magician, or the formerly good magician, I should say, although he died, is still kind of intervening from the great beyond. He's obviously not as powerful, because he's dead, but uh, he can and has communicated with members of this party and sort of saved them on occasions, even uh, went so far on a couple of occasions to go into the body of one of the little girls and sort of shoot magic out of her, uh, which is a kind of a cool scenario that I don't think I've ever really seen in a uh, fantasy novel, so I liked it. So the quest, yes, the quest, probably the worst adversary along the way. Well, it's tough to say. I'll, I'll tell you what the two worst ones are, and you can decide which is in fact worse. Uh, one is ten, as they call themselves, demon riders. So these have actually come through the veil, just because they are so strong, they have been able to do so. And they're super, super powerful, um, quick, agile, strong, superhumanly so. So, uh, pretty badass, pretty badass. Can track anything. Basically, things you do not want to mess with. Then there's, uh, uh, I want to just say drag to make it simpler. <laughs> I don't, it, it's not technically accurate, I don't think, and the description doesn't always match 100%. But I'm gonna just say dragon. So, ten riders or a dragon? What? Ten demon riders or a dragon? What is the more powerful foe? Uh, I don't know. I'd almost go dragon riders just for the reason that they have sort of uh, human-level intelligence, which allows them to reason more than the dragon. Because, oh, that's what I should mention in this case of this quote-unquote dragon, is it's not like a talking dragon, it's like more of an animalistic-style dragon. Interesting. Then there's the whole th fact that there's an army on their tail as well, which doesn't help. Which doesn't help. Their uh, their goal ends up turning into, rather than reaching this port and making their way to safety, there's no way they'd make it in time, carrying this pregnant uh, princess with her newborn babe. Oh yeah, the the baby the baby king eventually born. 
So they decide to make their way to a city that is rumored haunted. Uh, actually didn't really take advantage of that. They got to the city and it was not haunted. However, because of the uh, good magician's intervention, he sent a entire giant band of the former white wolves to this city in order to help save the princess from these demon riders, from the army. And it, in a David Gemmel first of any book I have read in this series, there was not a siege. Very, very surprised. Uh, they set it up for a siege. You have the, the army about to get there. You have the white wolves protecting the walls of the city. But uh, the siege actually doesn't happen for the reason that this demon lord basically just flies in. And we have our battle. Good guys win. Book over. Yeah, basically. Um, my note, I, I have in my notes here that this book is a little deeper than I have indicated. There's sort of political intrigue, uh, warring nations, crosses, double crosses, politics. Uh, I kind of just did the bare bones here. Uh, Nagusta, sadly, ends up dying, which was a little surprising because he was one of the main, main characters. I thought he would make it to the end. Uh, it ends up that he passes on that amulet to that kid by the name of Condolin who uh, Kebra had sort of developed that relationship father and son-like with. And uh, they, along with the priestess, moved away and lived happily ever after raising horses. So, you know, that's that's nice. A nice little ending. Demons didn't take over the world. That's always a bonus. Uh, this one was not my favorite. And you know what? I, I think I've pinpointed it already, and that is No Siege. I always talk about with David Gemmel books so far that he is the best writer I've ever read as far as Besieger and Besieged. Uh, and the fact that that is not in this book means it wasn't as good as some of the other ones. I'm just going to go uh, 3 out of 5. Yeah, that is unfortunately the lowest score I've given for a David Gemmel book. 3 out of 5. Hey, here you go. Folks, that is it. I'm at work and parked. i got to go in and do work. I will say, though, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.